Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Jean Gallagher, financial advisor, founder of Seaside Solutions, and founder of Discover Rising Tides. Welcome to show 38, Discover Rising Tides, How the Outside Makes the Inside Better, where we explore the importance of the outdoors and maintaining life balance. Through this series, we'll be talking with women business owners to understand their journey. And we'll also be hearing, as always, from Lynn Schusler-Williams, author and coach, and on her segment, Rising Up. But first, today I'm excited to introduce Holly Hartman. Hi, Holly. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, welcome. Welcome. And so uh, before we start, let me just read a quick bit about your bio, and then we'll get then we'll get started. So Holly is a heart-centered leader. She lives her life using her core values as a compass to guide her to our next best steps. She leads by example. She will help guide and connect you to your authentic self so you can enjoy the sweetness of life and create the life of your dreams, the life, the life that you deserve. She's an international best-selling author, a certified life transformation and trauma-informed recovery coach, and a domestic violence advocate and a keynote speaker. There's some heavy material there too. I really, I'd like to dive into the heavy stuff as well. But so thanks for being here. And, and so what I'd like to do is just cover, how did you get to where you are? How did your journey start? Well, I've been in the personal development range for quite a while. I was a drug rep, medical sales rep for many years. And so I really got to dig deep in like personal development. I use my shield time to listen to, you know, the greats and listen to their motivational speaking. But for me personally, honestly, the big pivotal change was I was in a, a relationship that was covert abuse. Mm -hmm. And in that journey, I really got, and I'm also a person in recovery. So I have 13 years in recovery from alcohol. And so those two things were really instrumental in my healing journey, where oftentimes people will get stuck in a victim mindset and go, oh my gosh, I cannot believe these things happened to me. I utilize those as a springboard to go, ooh, what can I learn from this situation and how can I change it? And it really was like the blessing in disguise for me to really go, okay, what else is out there for me so I can utilize the, the pain that I've experienced and then go help others. And that was like the biggest shift for me. And that's when I became a life uh, certified life coach was to heal my own journey and then to pass it forward. And first, I just want to acknowledge quickly well it deserves more than a quick quick acknowledgement do it 13 years of hard work so congratulations for that thanks yeah congratulations and and it is so important to be able to not only to learn how to heal yourself but to realize the gift that that hard work is for you to give to others mm. and how authentic your your coaching and your time you spend with others really is from your self-experience. Yeah, I'm a big believer on teaching and leading by example one, mm -hmm. as you heard in my, my bio, but also um, meeting people where they're at. I may be a little further along, but I really try to dig in with the trenches with them, not stay there and linger there, mm -hmm. but in a place of like having that light to guide them to where their next step is. Because oftentimes people... <clears throat> will um, compare their highlight reel to what's really going on in their life. And so I really try to, to um, mirror back to them and show them the path that they can take, that they don't have to be where I'm at today, but if they can just take one step forward and move in that direction, they will have that life. And it doesn't have to look like mine. It can look like the life that they're actually supposed to have for themselves. And so, you know, it's easy to say, I had these, I had these things go on. 
and I healed myself and now I can teach others, right? That's such an easy statement to say, but the transition through all of that must've been really challenging. How did you get to the point where I feel better and now I'm comfortable helping others because that couldn't have been just a light switch or I'm, I'm all better today. So who can I help? Right? Yeah. Well, the beautiful thing, and this is what I think a lot of people see when they look at someone like myself, they go, oh, she's healed. She's Mm. got it all figured out. Well, the reality is, is I'm always on a journey. I'm in the middle of a conflict right now that I get the beautiful opportunity to learn new healthy boundaries. And I think that until you can read all the books in the world, but until you actually start to apply it, and and this is why I'm actually shifting to relationship coaching is because we actually heal through relationship and it could be relationship with nature, like a lot Mm -hmm. of what you teach. It could be relationship with others, with our um, spouses, with our children. It's all relationship. It's all connection. And um, connection is the opposite of addiction, or you can say it either way around. Um, Addiction is the opposite of connection. And so what I really try to teach is help people get connected. And that could mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I had never heard that before, addiction being the opposite of connection. How does does that correlation work? Well, addiction typically shows up as people trying to numb feelings, numb Mm. out the world. And that can show up as alcohol, could show up as sex addiction, could show up as TV addiction, shopping addiction. It doesn't matter. It's whatever you're choosing to numb out so you don't feel. Well, Mm. oftentimes connection comes because we're vulnerable. And when you're vulnerable, what do you, you feel and you feel deeply and that's why people feel vulnerable. And so there is this, this kind of dance in that where we allow people to come so safe containers. That's a passion of mine. And, and I know you all as well to create safe containers for people to be vulnerable, to connect, to feel in a safe way. And um, until we create more of these containers, more people are leaning to numbing out agents because it's the easiest thing. And it really, honestly, it's what's been modeled um, and normalized in most of our culture. And Mm. so showing people there's a different way, like connecting in nature would be another way to um, not be numbing. You go out and be present in nature. That's one way that you can offset that. Mm. So it doesn't necessarily mean with another person. It's just connection. And and the word relationship also could also be the relationship with ourselves. Absolutely. I teach Mm -hmm. a lot of that. That was the hardest one that's got to be. Yeah. And I'll I'll touch a note on that because you asked me about my healing journey. Um, Mm -hmm. When I left my um, marriage that was toxic, the biggest pivotal moment for me was something I did called solo dating. And so I actually have a group online called Solo Date Challenge. And the premise of that is empowering other women to learn how to love themselves through solo dating. That was one of the biggest healing agents. Now for me, one of my solo dates was getting out of nature, was hiking, was getting connected, but it can mean all kinds of different people. Like I mentioned in my bio, I use my core values as a compass. And so my core values are um, connection, funny enough, uh, service. So giving service to other people, freedom creativity and growth. And I know that those are my core values. And when I show up in the world, whether it's for myself or for others, when I feel my best, when I feel joyous, happy, and free, it's because I'm doing the things that line up with my values. And so what I do for my solo dates line up with those values, but for Mm. everybody, it's different. Some people go, oh, I'm going to do a spa retreat. 
well, that might be what you need, but if it doesn't fill you up, maybe that's not it. And so it's a, it's a journey, just like exploring nature and going on an adventure an adventure of learning about who you are. Most people don't know who they are. They, they are only a representation of who other people told them they were. Mm. And until they go on a path of self-discovery and really be intentional, they may never know who they are. They may just wear masks of what other people told them they were. Mm, that's fantastic. And so something you said, you know, core values, right? As a, as a business owner or, or whether you're a solopreneur or whatever your business is, you have core va- values and you have a mission statement, but I honestly didn't consider the need to, as a person, have mm-hmm. core values. Oh yeah. And, but it's brilliant, right? And necessary. And so how, how do you, how do you figure out what your core values are or should be or shouldn't be? How's that process? Well, there's lots of different ways. And if somebody wanted to Google how to discover your core values, there's lots of different ones. I have a workshop that I actually teach. And this is one of those foundational things that I teach before I work with anybody. Mm. Because once we know what our core values are, we can have healthier boundaries with ourselves and others. We have a clearer way. We're less indecisive. We're more decisive because now we have a clear compass and like, okay, this is what lines up with myself. Um, oftentimes when people experience discomfort and anger and frustration, it's because something in their life or someone is going against their core values. And the, the opposite is true when it, if they're experiencing something that is happy, joyous, free, good feelings, most likely something in their life or someone in their life is going in alignment with their core values. So once you bring that awareness out, then um, a lot of things become more clear for them and the path becomes more clear and they're more confident in their decisions. Mm -hmm. Now, in order to discover it, some of the things I teach is I say, okay, let's think about the past, right? Because a past sometimes reflects what we do and what's important to us. Mm -hmm. So I'll say, what is a time in your life when you felt um, joyful? And when was the time when you were in the childhood, when in adulthood, in your work life? Think of several different times. And then I'll ask them, Um, When's a time in your life when you felt proud? Same thing. And then once a time in a life when you felt fulfilled, same thing, different timeframes. And then you start to look at that and then you go and, you know, download a core values list and start to go, okay, what, what words jump out? Mm -hmm. And then I suggest people to narrow it down to five. And sometimes you can group things together. Mm -hmm. So like a family might fall under connection. Um, Freedom, actually efficiency goes under freedom for me. Um, so there's words that might actually go underneath um, a particular word. So you can narrow it down to five. And uh, we're not saying the other values aren't important, but when you're trying to make a decision in your life, if you can go and look at your core values and make a decision based off of that, generally it's going to move you in the right direction. Interesting. That's that's really fascinating. I think we need to talk offline about this one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite. <laughs> um, and so... I, I heard you say workshop and core values. And I'm like, sign me up. Yes, yes. I do it a lot. <laughs> okay. And, and, you know, you use the word opportunity, but what I really love is that you put, you put an identifier in front of it that made it positive. You called, called it beautiful opportunities, even if those opportunities were more of a challenge. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, 
I think we, a lot of people are fearful of conflict and challenge and they think, oh my gosh, this is a negative thing, but we actually grow through conflict. We grow through challenges and we grow on the outside of our comfort zone. And um, I heard this in a teaching once and it really made a difference to me, if, um, especially as people that are trauma survivors. And there's a lot of people that are, that don't identify because they're not aware because that was their normal and they don't realize that it actually was trauma, maybe little T trauma instead of like a big one. And um uncovering that like okay when you ask yourself if I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone is it safe and so like there's there's an element of like discomfort and good we want you to be uncomfortable discomfort Mm -hmm. but we don't want you to move so far out of your comfort zone that it's unsafe and so you can ask yourself those questions as you try to push yourself outside your comfort zone go okay is it just that I'm just uncomfortable because it's an, an, an unknown or is it because it's truly unsafe and really checking in with your internal system to build self-trust to go, okay, no, it's it's more just, I'm scared of the unknown, but it's not unsafe. And if that's true, then push yourself a little further and see what comes on. Because I'll say the most beautiful challenges I've overcome in my life are because I pushed myself a little bit, not in unsafe places, but in places where I could grow. And that uncomfortable, well, that uncomfortableness or that uncomfortable discomfort is where the growth happens. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is there is there a line between the uncomfortable and the unsafe? Is it easy to delineate the two or is that really depend on the person? I think it really depends on the person. And um, because what happens is like our ego, our ego just wants to keep us safe, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's there to protect us. And oftentimes we'll, we will answer a call based off of our ego but our ego isn't there to keep us thriving. Our ego is there to keep us safe. And so we have to challenge that oftentimes in order to go, where do you really want to go? And why is that a goal? So let's just talk about nature. Like if I look at the top of a mountain and say, I really want to go there. I want to see that view. But on the journey up to that mountain, I'm like, oh, I got to take a breath. I don't know if I can make this, but is it worth it? Is it something that I want to do? And then when I'm standing at the pinnacle and I get to see the view and then I get to look down that mountain and go, I did that. Mm-hmm. Now, it could be that you have health issues and you can't make up that mountain, but you're like, but so that might not be safe. Mm-hmm. So you might desire to do that, but it might not be physically safe. So then you choose something else that's within your range that would be safe for you to do that will still fulfill that pushing yourself beyond the limit. Does that, did that answer a little bit? Yeah, no, it really, that was a really great example. And so it's that type two fun. This super sucks right now, but yeah. <laughs> when it's over, why can I do that again? Yeah. And you realize that you push yourself to the limit. I'll just share one personally. So I like to cave as well. And um, this was probably about two (laughs) years ago when I used to be really claustrophobic. Um, About two years ago, I was on a hiking trip with my hiking group and we came across this cave. I could see the exit and I got partway through and I freaked out and I was very determined back around like, no, I mean, I literally, I mean, it's a tiny cave. I can see the exit. There's light. I'm good. And I like started to like hyperventilate, started Mm -hmm. to freak out. Well, last year I went to a a thing called Spelio Fest here in town. And and I was like, okay, I'm going to try it. So we go into a cave. I'm in there for an hour. There's no visual exit. 
I I'm breathing. I'm telling myself I'm safe. I'm okay. There are people here. There's kids here. They're not going to take me into a cave that I can't bring kids in. We're going to be okay. I made my way through. I've signed up to be a part of the Louisville Grotto. Now I've been going into caves that, and I'm challenging myself, but had I go, okay, I'm claustrophobic. There's no way I can do a cave. I wouldn't have gotten to see some beautiful, amazing, like waterfalls and caves and um, some of the beautiful um, striations that are coming mm -hmm. from the ceiling. I wouldn't have gotten to do that if I didn't challenge myself. And so those are different ways that we can do that. But there's a reward on the other side. Did you see the picture on the internet that's been, it came across some feed just the other day. This guy was going into this cave, but he had, had to drop in and literally the slit that he was, he was a really tiny guy, but the slit he was going through was he could barely squeeze himself. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll share this. Okay. So I'm glad you shared that at our, at our camp we have something called a squeeze box. And before I did the, the event that I went to, um, I actually went through this squeeze box. So it's like two, two pieces of wood and you go through it and you can move it up to go, how much can I really squeeze through? And I was able to squeeze through 11 inches, no problem. And that would have freaked me out. But just going through that, when I went to the other cave and I was crawling, there was about two feet. I was like, oh, I can make through this. Oh, I can plenty room. Yeah. So well, it's it, perspective. It, that's it. It's perspective. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it's how long do I have to sustain this? Can I make it through? And sometimes we have to do these trial things outside of the environment to tell our ego, to tell our body, oh, you're safe. You're okay. So mm -hmm. you can use that to life. Like, okay, maybe it's not that you go full force to this thing. Maybe you expose your, your mental health, your well-being to a, a small, a baby step and go, oh, I didn't die. I did okay. Now I'll go do the, the bigger thing or the next biggest thing past that step. So it, I love that point of it's not always go for the big thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we just have to take that next step and go, okay, I didn't die. I'm okay. I'm safe. And then move forward. Mm, yeah, that's that it is perspective. And I find that too, you know, as um, this must be session number 9322 of reconditioning, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and the older you get, the harder, the harder the process is and in your head, you should be able to do this thing. But your body says, really? You haven't done anything for two weeks. Do you think you can just do that? I don't think so. But it, but yes, it is that that's, I can kind of use that analogy for that squeeze box kind of, mm -hmm. right? So yes. making sure that you're in a, I'm, I'm still stuck with the 11 inches and that guy squeezing, squeezing through the rocks. <laughs> it's yeah, that's I'm not, my I'm ability. Gonna, yeah. To... <laughs> yeah. So the re relationship. So Holly, let's talk a little bit about social media, because I know that I have some, I have issues. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit, to admit it. I have some issues. And so for my social media platform, what a lot of my social media followings are outdoor activities and hiking and hiking groups. And so I caught myself last year, well, COVID, right? And then even more recently until I went, oh, this is bad. Some of my hiking groups are not here and I'm in California, but they're where I really want to be, which is back in Maine and New England, right? And so I'm thinking that I'm feeling left out. 
because number one, I don't get to, I don't know these people, but maybe I have an opportunity to know these people if I were there. The hiking groups are probably like your Louisville ones down there that they're very accessible. Let's hear, people are just really welcome. And I don't really get that here. It's because it's so spread out, it's hard to find one, right? Or that's just an excuse for me. I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> but so it's that, and I had to add it to my affirmations, right? So that you are, you know, you're not wanting for what you can't have and focusing on your goals. And so it doesn't always have to be about the outdoors, but for social media and relationships with ourselves and relationships with others, doesn't, how does that fall into place in the conversations that you have with people? Long mm. question. Sorry. <laughs> no, I love that. I think you touched on a few different things. One, like you hear that acronym of FOMO. Fear oh, yeah. Now, right. <laughs> I heard a little bit of that in your, in what you were talking about. And yeah, there's, there's truth to that. So if you notice that's coming up for you and I love that you checked yourself, like that mm -hmm. would be my encouragement if somebody feels that coming up, but like, why is that? Mm -hmm. um, and it, this is funny when I talk to women and, and also men about solo date challenge, um, I encourage them. They're like, well, I don't know where to start. I'm like, Ooh, okay. Where are you jealous? They're like, Ooh, what do you mean? Where am I jealous? It's like, Oh yeah. If you feel a sensation of jealousy coming up, that might be a signal to yourself that that's what you actually want. That's actually mm. something you desire. And how can you make that happen for yourself? Now, it may not mean that you can go hop on a plane to go to Maine, right? Because that's where you truly desire. I left a plane ticket last week. So I actually okay. yesterday. So. Okay, well then maybe it is. But I, maybe could, but I didn't look anything, but yeah, so you're right. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it is that you you make that happen. Like that's so important to you. You realize that urge, that, in, that um, feeling come up. Of, okay, well, I'm my only barrier to that. Um, so then how do I make that happen, right? Does it mean that I need to move there? Does it mean that I need to um, connect with people and go, okay, take me on a hike with you and your video camera so I feel like I'm there? Does it mean that I um, spend a schedule time and I look at my year calendar and go, how can I make it happen? So then you have that sensation. You no longer feel like fear of missing out. You're like, ooh, I get to go there. Like now you're filled with joy and excitement. And, and stepping into courage, do something that is not mainstream. It's really more work to the grind and do this instead of going, how can I make that happen? So we're our own barrier to that. And really, when we start to feel these negative emotions, it really is a good barometer to go, ooh, what does that mean for me? And how can I make that happen? Now, so for instance, my hiking group that came on, um, we started that in the middle of COVID. I actually talked to the person that's also an admin of the group and we were chatting online and he was talking about wanting to meet other like-minded people. And I said, okay, well then create a group. And he was like, I, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, okay, well then I'll make it for you. So the next day I created a Facebook group. And now um, that was July, 2020, we have 20,000 people Holy in that cow. group of people getting together and hiking in the Louisville, Kentucky and Indiana area. It's called tri-state hiking. Mm -hmm. And there have been marriages from that group. There have been connections made. There have been people that are retired and traveling the world together. They're not just doing it here. So my encouragement to others is if you can't find a group that meets what you're looking for, create okay. it. Mm -hmm. We have so many free outlets in social media that if you wanna look at it as a negative, or you can look at it as a way to connect with others. And if you can't find the thing that you're looking for to, to make your community what you need, create it. Mm. That's what I've done multiple times. That's beautiful. And it goes back to the, the statement, beautiful opportunity. Yeah. Right? 
versus challenging opportunity or difficult opportunity. That's 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 amazing. And and every you know every analogy that you're saying, I can feel it going back to the core values. Absolutely, everything I do goes back to that. And the day that I learned my core values was one of my light bulb moments. It was one of those pivotal moments where I go, oh, my past makes sense to me when I had conflict and I experienced negative emotions and my marriage made sense to me why we were not compatible at the time and what I desire in my partnerships and my friendships and my work life and the balance that I have, all of it um, goes back to my core values always. Mm. Mm. Wow. That's, that's, that's quite a statement. And I can see, I can see exactly why. So what made you transition? Let's talk about your business transition. What made you transition from recovery to relationship coaching or what, where did the pivot start? How did you identify it and what drove you to the, this next journey? Yeah, well, you know, I think in in life, we experience patterns in healing. And so when you look at the different patterns, that is where I discovered mine was relationships for me. And that was what was important to me. But what's important for me and what I feel like my calling is, is working with people that have a growth mindset. Oftentimes people that are in recovery, like more the triage, like just finding out that they're experiencing it, um, they may still be stuck in the victim mindset. Now I can help there. But my goal and what I feel like my mission here is to help people that have had that revelation, but they want to dig deeper. Mm -hmm. They really want to get down and go, okay, this is, is my inner child healing. This is my core being. I am made for more and I want to help them on that journey. And so, yes, I can help people in trauma recovery because I have that background, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I'm actually supposed to be just a step ahead um, Mm -hmm. past that where I'm helping people with our relationships and it is relationship with self relationship with others, relationship with nature, relationship with, with your higher power, whatever that is, no judgment from me. It's all relationship. And when I say relationship, most people go to your romantic Mm -hmm. and it's not that it's Mm -hmm. all of it. We're a holistic human being and it is all of it. And our relationship with food, the thing I'm working on now is my relationship with money which is why I'm drawn to you. Mm -hmm. Um, Because those are the things that I know that I get to work on. I get to grow and I'm never going to be perfect. And that is beautiful Mm -hmm. because I'd be boring and life would be boring if I didn't have the next thing for me to grow and heal. But I also want to be present in the moment. And that's where nature gets me. It helps Mm -hmm. me present. It it is true. And so for January here was really wet and I am not complaining a bit because we needed every little drop of rain that we had, but good Lord, three weeks. <laughs> and, and, and I was really busy at work. So I, I was really cranky and it took me a bit to step back and go, Oh, I haven't been outside for a couple of days or I haven't had that time to, to decompress. Yes that solo dating time in the woods, Mm -hmm. which could sound kind of creepy, but (laughs) in this context, it's really wonderful. (laughs) 
No, it's beautiful. It's, it's that opportunity when we, when we slow down enough to listen to what our body needs. Right. Mm -hmm. And then also realize that everything's a season, you know, the world has seasons. we have seasons. Um, there's many books talking about the winter season and that's like how we, um, sometimes we need to pause to heal or to grow. And, um, I see a lot of people in burnout, right. And especially in the professional world, they don't allow themselves to slow down and then their body does it for them whether it's injury or sickness or whatever. And my encouragement to people is let's get there before you burn out. Let's, let's start to implement some of these things to be proactive before that, because um, we don't want the pain to be the thing that causes us to stop. We want to encourage you to be, well, there's two reasons why people are inspired or two people, two reasons why people change most of the time. They're either inspired to change mm -hmm. or the pain's great enough. And so a lot of what I do is I really want to teach people to be inspired to shift their life and to change their life, but I can help you whether you're in pain or help you whether you're inspired. And I think that was the shift for me. We'll go back into that question of trauma and recovery. Mm -hmm. They're in that because the pain's great enough. Mm -hmm. I want to work with people now that it's because they're inspired and they really want something more and powerful in their life. And, and, and able, it gives people the tools to recognize triggers of, oh, going the wrong direction or, oh, I might need this a little bit more. Yeah. Well, there's a beautiful teaching that I've been learning recently from Abraham Hicks and talking about contrast. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we will shame ourselves and go, oh my gosh, I'm in this again. But if you think of like a tornado or like a stair step, oftentimes we're going in a spiral going up, which is good. Mm -hmm. um, and it might feel like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm on the same path. No, you're a couple levels above where you were. It may feel similar, but now you have tools that you can go to and you get to heal that past self and go, oh no, I'm empowered now. I have tools. I can change this. And then the next level up, it gets different and different and different, but you may feel like you're repeating a cycle, but you're it is different. And if you can really empower yourself to go, okay, what did I learn from this experience? And then how can I use that to leverage myself to the next level? It may feel different, but it's, it's going to be different, especially if you journal, mm -hmm. if you watch videos of yourself, you'll see the transformation. And it, and it really is about um, progress, not perfection. Not a single one of us will ever be perfect. And that's beautiful. Um, it just truly is, but we have to embrace that. And, and be reminded of that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so when you, when people are, when you're talking to somebody about their relationship with whatever it happens to be, or they're coming to you and they want to learn more, do you, do you find that their thought about their initial thought about re their relationship conflicts that they have is after you've talked with them, it's really something, it's another thing that's, that's triggering or creating the relationship issues that they're feeling that they're having. So bad, bad question. It'd be like a, you know, when you have a, a muscle injury or an uncomfortableness in your body, but it's actually coming from something on the other side, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I understand the question. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. It's compensation. Oftentimes we'll compensate for one thing when it's something else. Um, well, for instance, I mean, you can talk about maybe a person that is working from home or working at a really toxic workplace. And I, this shows up for me in a lot of what I do. It's not just romantic relationships. They're working in toxic work environments. And then they come to me and say, I don't know how to have healthy boundaries with these people. I'm not really sure what to do. Now they're overworked because they don't have time boundaries. They don't have boundaries around um, maybe the things they're capable of doing. They're not asking for proper training. What Whatever that is that they're not sharing their truth or their um, empowerment, 
And then they come home to their children and take it out on their children. So mm. that's that compensation, right? And so now they're talking about when they come to me, oh, I'm having conflict with my husband or I'm having conflict with my children and I don't know how to navigate it. It's like, but where, where, where is that, um, that pain point? Mm. Oftentimes it's something else that they're not even talking about because they don't correlate the two. Um, so really that's where relationship, it's all connected. It, it's mm-hmm. all connected. So really looking at it holistically. And how do you, how do you work backwards to figure out the source? Uh, and I think I actually shared with a, another friend of mine where we talk about where we meet them at, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever they're telling me, I'm going, I'm, a, I'm also an empath, I'm pretty intuitive. So I'm going to listen to what they're saying. And, and I'm going to ask questions to kind of probe to check from different vantage points and go, oh, okay, I see where this is coming from. Okay. And so I'll just ask more questions to seek mm-hmm. understanding. I'm, I always come from a place of curiosity, not judgment. It is not my place to judge anybody's journey. It's my place to come from curiosity and go, okay, what, where I'm curious what this experience is. And then oftentimes if they vocalize it, they start to come to realize really where that pain point is. And I'm like, okay, would you like help with that? And they're like, oh yeah, I need help with that too. Okay, good. Let's work there. And then let's wrap it back around. And they'll start to see um, uh, results because when we start to feel um, more in line with our values, healthier boundaries, better communication, all of our relationships are affected. Mm. And not only the ones that we have touch points with, I do believe as we heal and grow, we help the generations behind us and the ones before us. And so that's a lot of why relationship for me is so important to work with people is because I believe the way I can help change the world is to help people have healthier relationships, which then affects the children that will then be modeled what healthy looks like because it's not normalized. Wow, that's, you know, that's really interesting because I can identify with that process because a lot of those coming with curiosity and without judgment is really a a lot of the conversations or how I show up when I'm talking to people about their money, right? And their relationship with their money or their relationship with their finances. And um, a lot of what you're saying really resonates with me too, because that's very similar of they don't necessarily know where their pain point is. And my job is to ask questions to help them figure it out. Not for me to figure it out, but it's, it's their job to figure it out. And I'm just the conduit of curiosity. Yeah. I love that conduit of curiosity. I know. I have to write that down. That was really good. (laughs) People are like, what are you Holly? I'm the conduit of curiosity. I like that. (laughs) I got it. I think I need to use that again. I'm like, Dean, full body, yes, like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so as a, what does the, what does it look like working with you as a coach for people? Yeah. So I can show up in lots of different ways and, and really meet people where they're at, where my juice spot is, where I love my passion is working in groups. Um, because what I find when I work now, I work one-to-one if people want to work with me one-to-one and I do workshops and things like that, but group work, because other people sharing their story in a safe container often Mm. will mirror to other people like, oh, me too. One, it shows them that they're not alone because we always think we're the only one that's ever experienced it. Mm. And when we hear other people that go, oh, I've been there too. Oh, okay. And then creating a safe container for them to be able to be vulnerable and to be seen and loved in a safe container, because oftentimes people have never really experienced that. They don't know what that feels like. So it's a place where they can practice healthy boundaries. It's a place where they can practice being seen, um, Mm -hmm. a place where they can take the mask down 
and then allow themselves to be seen. And in that way, I actually see people transform quicker um, because in the one-to-one, they can be in their victim mindset a little bit more. But when they see other people modeling the behavior and see other people growing, it keeps them accountable. And it actually takes a lot of weight off of the one-to-one. It gives more um, space. And then that like vibration, I think actually is greater for healing for everybody involved. Hmm. Oh, I love that. And the, the container part, but, but also in the group setting, they can watch other people start to accept having a conversation. And if, even if, especially if they're really holding back and they're watching somebody else go through that process, how powerful that is mm-hmm. to, it really to be able to, to see somebody else gain a benefit or, or break down some of those barriers so that they, they themselves know that it is okay to feel resistance from a conversation, but also okay to work past that resistance. Yeah. And I love, I love that you said resistance, because this is something that a lot of people don't aren't aware of when you're working with coaches. Mm. It doesn't matter what program you're on. It doesn't matter which coach you work with. At some point in your healing journey, you will experience resistance. You'll experience this sensation of, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. It's not going to work for me or whatever feelings that are coming up. And so my encouragement to share with people is that is normal. It's a part of this process where we were, we're, it's that bumping up against that comfort zone. And it's that like moving a little bit past it where of course it's still safe, but it might be uncomfortable, but it's creating that safe container to go, we've got you. You won't fall. We're going to hold that space for you. Even if maybe you didn't show up this week, that's okay. We're not going to shame you for that. We're going to hold you accountable in a loving container, but it doesn't matter where you're at every single person. I don't care if you think you're the best person that's coachable, coachable, you will experience that resistance and that plateau some point in your healing journey. And that's completely normal. So don't let that paralyze you and stop you going, okay, then I've got to stop now because I wasn't perfect in this performance. And so it's not working for me. No, go, oh, I see your resistance. I see you. I know that's normal. I'm going to push past because I know what I want is on the other side of it. And if people know that going into it, when that resistance comes up, they're not going to shame themselves and then stop the program. It'll actually help them feel empowered to go, oh my gosh, look what I just did. I really overcame the thing that everybody experiences and yay me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then also recognize it because it's going to show up again right? through the growth process, just naturally through the growth process. Yeah. And so how long is the coaching process for you or for them? Yeah. So I have a couple different programs. Um, Mm -hmm. So it depends on if they want to do the one-to-one sessions with me, my group session that I specifically love to promote right now, it's called B4 relationship solution. So what I really focus on is helping people heal before they're in a relationship. And so that program's six months long because I take them on self-awareness because until we're self-aware, we really can't make any changes because Mm. we're, we're really going based off of everybody else. So until we get grounded in who we are, And then I take them on learning about those toxic cycles that they may have experienced and really looking at the things that were not normal, that maybe been normalized. 
I say red flags turn to green flags, or I'm sorry, green, yeah, red flags turn to green flags when it's our normal. So we may go, oh, well, this is how my family's always done it. This is uh, what my church taught me, or this is what my whatever taught me, but that may not be what your path really is. So we take a look at that. And then I go into teaching them healthy boundaries and healthy communication. And then lastly, I take them on a journey of what is it that you truly desire? It's kind of like a self-love boot camp. We're going to move all the sludge and all the things that held you down. And now that all that's off, what do you really think you deserve? What are you worthy of? What do you desire? And I tell you what, at the end of one of my courses last year, a lady goes, Holly, I want to make $130,000 a year. I want to work remote. I want to be able to be near my grandbaby. And I said, okay, where's your resume? Oh, it's not very good right now. I'm like, I don't care. Put it out there. She put it on her vision board, 130,000, very clear, very concise. What do you want to manifest? She put it on there a week later. She got the job opportunity in her field. Got it. Another lady was a Montessori school director and lost that job during COVID. At the very end of my seminar, she said, I want to be a director of Montessori school. And she was in a relationship too. She got engaged and got the Montessori director school near her partner, which was an hour and a half away the week after the program ended. So it really is this place of, what do you want? And I really push them like, no, no, not other people. What now that we've gotten rid of all that noise, what do you want? And when I put them to the fire and say, really, what do you desire? They're, ma they're making it happen. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Each one of these are in healthy relationships they've never been in. Wow. And so it's not just the relationship. Like I said, with romance, it is their whole relationship dynamic. Um, one of the ladies I met up with last week, she said her kids who are adult kids said, mom, you are not the same person you were five years ago. And, and she was taking care of me at the time. And she was like, Holly, I had changed and quantum leap from doing this program. And it's not me. It's just the container that I create for them mm -hmm. to be able to have this because they often have never had that safe container for it. Mm. I love what you said about what do you, what do, what did they individually want? Because quite often when and I never really thought about this before. When somebody says, well, what do you want? The answer to that is really enveloped in what the people around you are either wanting or needing. Mm -hmm. And, and it is in an almost in our culture seems extremely selfish to tell you what I want yeah. because it doesn't take into any account of my responsibilities or what other people are, or what the influences from other people that we, we are ingrained that we're supposed to be responsible for. Yeah. And that breeds codependency. So a big part mm -hmm. of my program is helping people recover from codependency. I don't initially promote it that way because they don't understand the concept of that. I remember in therapy, when I was doing my healing, my therapist was like, I think you might be codependent. And at the time I've been on my own since I was 18. I've been the breadwinner. I've been the one that's always done anything. I'm like, I'm fiercely independent. How could I be codependent? Well, codependent and independency are not the same. They're not like one of the opposite. Um, codependency shows up where you are giving other people before you're giving to yourself, where your needs don't matter. They're the furthest on the list and you're giving to everybody else first. It should be flipped. And when we actually pour from that energy of love, from that energy of my center, I'm in, I'm who I'm my authentic self, the energy that they actually get and that love that they get is so much more invigorating and so much more in, um, uh, life-giving to everyone involved, because you're giving everybody else permission to mm. be themselves too. 
not to go and be the limbing that does everything else that everybody else does. So a lot of my program is giving people permission. And I've done a talk on it. And this lady sends me messages all the time. She's like, Holly, you have no idea that one talk about saying, I'm giving you permission. Mm. I'm giving you permission to experience joy. I'm giving you permission to do what you need to do. And she goes, I needed to hear those words. And until you did, it didn't unlock my soul, my soul's journey. So anybody listening, I'm giving you permission <laughs> to love yourself, to find out your core values, to be you. I'm giving you permission because sometimes that's what people need. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Just for self-care. And then, and then a part of that self-care, really the, the nature part or being outdoors is so important. And, and it doesn't matter what it is. It could be sitting in a garden with a cup of coffee or climbing that big mountain or good Lord squishing between rocks. But, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. It matters that there's a relationship outside of the walls of our structure that we're living in. How does that play? How does that play into your conversations with people? It again, comes down to the core values. What do you love? What do you desire? And um, for me and my healing journeys, I actually looked at a a picture of myself as a child and Mm. someone encouraged me to do that in recovery. It's like, go find a picture when you were happy as a child, like before maybe anything happened to you. Right. So I look at this picture and I'm, and this is a sweet little girl with little overalls, pick uh, polka dots. And I'm sitting on the side of this bridge next to water. Mm-hmm. And it pushed me into that place of like, like a flashback going, Oh, I remember going on walks with my family. I remember going camping. I remember being in nature. I remember all these things that brought me joy that it wasn't monetary. It wasn't um, things that it was all nature. And that's really what helped me during COVID was that I was like, what brought me joy as a child? I'm going to go seek that. And for me, it was nature. So it was easy for me to go back to it, but I had to be reminded that that was in fact, where I got joy and the simplicity and the, and the being me. And that part of me is playful too. And I didn't see that until I looked at that little girl and go, Oh, she loved that. I'm going to give her more of that. And that's part of inner child healing too. Mm, That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for your insight and your, your passion for helping people and, and your ability to take the things that changed you, that you learned and so important to share with others. Mm -hmm. Just amazing. So Holly, tell me, where can people find you? Um, So you can look at mindful-missions.com if you want to connect with me there. I am most active on Facebook, like really active. If you follow me, you're going to get a lot of positive content. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. So look for Holly Hartman. So Hartman, a relationship coach. I kind of like that. And uh, (laughs) so if you can't Hartman, relationship coach, Holly, you'll find me. I'm kind of everywhere. Look for the redhead and, um, and send me a message. Would love to connect with you. And, um, I'm big on connection. So if I can't help you, I want to connect you with somebody that can, I'm really big in networking and helping people get connected. So, um, feel free to reach out to me. And literally, if I can't help you, I will let you know, but I will show you the next best steps for you. Thank you. And networking is important because that's how we got together. Yes. 
-hmm. And and the the networker that connected us is is going to be coming up next. So I just want to thank Lynn too for for the networking and connection. And I look forward to us working together and somehow, somewhere, somehow in the future too. Thank you so much for your time today and and um, talking with me. Yeah, thank you for inviting me be on and fantastic questions where I got to be playful and me and authentic. Um, it just, it was such a joy to be on. So thank you for the invitation. You are welcome. Hey, Lynn. Hi, Jean. How are you? I'm well, this is a fabulous segment we've had today. Oh, before we start, I just have to say thank you to you. I thought, you know, we talked about it with Holly. Um, but I wanted to say thank you to you as well for connecting us. Networking Absolutely. is networking is the bomb. It is. In fact, that's how I met Holly. So it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And what a great segment this has already been. I'm so excited to have gotten to hear this and, and just, I took pages of notes. I'm going to have to go back and listen and do the same thing too, because I know that, you know, through, through conversation, you're getting it, but I'm looking forward to, to revisiting it as well. So what do you have today on your rising up segment for us, Lynn? Well, lots of connection to what's already been said today. First of all, I loved what you and Holly talked about, about relationships with self and relationships with nature. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit. And I loved the uh, conduit of curiosity. Um, (laughs) I was just like, yes, we all want to be that, right? But what I wanted to bring up in awareness today is I've had several conversations lately about comparison and competition, you know, Mm. and people seeing other people um, doing things they want to do or um, and then comparing whether they're doing it well enough or thinking about, um, you know, how I could never do it as well as they do or they're more successful than me and all those sorts of things. And as entrepreneurs, We all have been there, you know, at some point in some way. And I came across a quote from a mentor of mine. His name is Dr. Gary Simmons. And uh, I quoted him in my book. And he said, those that I admire and look up to are mirrors unto my own magnificence. Mm. And I just love that. And I remember the first time I heard him say that, and he was somebody I looked up to, right? He was someone who taught me so many things. I remember thinking, oh, I'll never be as good at all of this stuff he's teaching me as he is and all that sort of stuff. And And then I heard him say, those that I look up to and admire are mirrors under my own magnificence. And I was like, wow. And and we recognize we've had, you know, wisdom traditions throughout the ages have told us that if we see it in someone else, it must be in us too, in order Mm -hmm. for us to recognize it, right? So this idea, and then this week, I had this experience of seeing a beautiful sunset and a beautiful tree. It was this, it was this um, 
connection with nature. And I was just like, wow, look at how beautiful this is. And isn't it just, I mean, it was kind of awe, right? It was an experience of awe. And then I heard Gary's words in my head. The things we look up to and admire are mirrors to our own magnificence. And I was like, wow, that's true for when we see beauty in nature. That's true for when we see beauty in a, a, a kitten or a puppy or a little baby or, you know, all those things that make us go, oh, <laughs> so naturally and easily, right? That all of that goodness is within us too. And I've been rereading and reading some new and some revisited from Dr. David Hawkins lately. And he said, you know, he did the map of consciousness and, and he said that when we observe something or someone like that puppy or kitten, and we think, oh, or that baby, and it, it makes our heart warm, you know, we are, we raise the vibration for the thing or or person that is observed, right? So when we see this beautiful sunset and the tree and we think, oh, isn't nature amazing? When we see, um, you know, somebody like Holly who brought us so much wisdom today and we think, wow, this is so good that we are gifting them, right? With a raise of the vibration as well. And and it's a gift we give ourselves and it's a gift we give others and it's a gift we give the world. Mm. And, you know, never before has the world had so many people on it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's the small minority of people who have life happening for them in a way that gives them space and opportunity for personal growth and spiritual growth and development. Like, a vast majority of the world is in survival mode. Mm -hmm. So understanding that when we give this gift of ob observing from the eyes of love, observing from the eyes of awe, observing from the eyes uh, with the filter of beauty and gratefulness and joy and love and all the things that are higher on that map of consciousness, we are literally doing a service to the world mm. and we do a service to each other when we see each other and amplify what's going on uh, in the other person. So I want to do that for you and Holly today. I want to say how brilliant you two were today and the brilliance I see in this conversation and the joy and, and, growth that you brought to other people by sharing this conversation. So thank you so much for it. And I hope we'll all just take from this little snippet, a, a memory that when you see it in others, it's in you hmm. and own it and love it and give your awe and your grace and your gratitude to the world because we all need it. That's beautiful. And I think one of the most important pieces of that is that we have to be aware that we should be looking for that or noticing yeah. and observing. I saw this video of these people on vacation and they were going down this boat in a river and in a beautiful setting and they were all looking at their phones. Oh. So where, so <laughs> to, to your point of noticing and, and looking and observing and reflecting, I think that we just have to be reminded that we have to be connected. Yes. Or yes, disconnect. Yes the 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 things so that we can be reconnected with what matters that brings the vibration absolutely
hundred percent. Thank you, Jean. Thank Thanks you so for much for having Lynn. us here. Thank you so much for listening today. Today's show is sponsored by my Seaside Solutions, my financial services company. As a business owner, it's easy to be pulled in many different directions and often taking care of yourself plummets to the bottom of the list. For me, I find myself outside to reground. My time outdoors helps me manage my day more effectively and be more present for my clients. Through this, Discover Rising Tides was born. At Seaside Solutions, we truly believe that education is the foundation of financial wellness. Our primary focus is to provide guidance that is designed to help you achieve your long-term financial goals and visions. Working with a plan allows space for doing more things that you love, like being outside to make the inside better. If I can help you create or realign your plan, or if you would like to be added to my weekly newsletter, please let me know. This week's topic was five ways to set more achievable goals. Your referral means the big, beautiful world to me. And if I can help, please let me know. And thank you so much for listening and see you next time.